Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Buckle your chin strap and fasten your seatbelts. This is Tyler and Will on 99.1, the sports animal. Well, brand new hour, Tyler and Will. 99.1, you're listening to the sports animal. And here on the flagship station, her worldwide for Tennessee football at 991thesportsanimal.com. Yes, Ivans and West, as we are going to be taking you to 7 o'clock this evening from Rusty Wallace, Kia, Will West, I-75, Callahan. And today, you got home field advantage, Jake Bull, and we appreciate you allowing us to get comfortable here in a showroom where Will West right now up to $5,000 over Kelly Blue Book when you bring your trade in. They're looking for your vehicle, man. They, they absolutely are. Look, plus any new Kia that you buy at Rusty Wallace Kia, you have the peace of mind of knowing you're going to get 200,000-mile warranty. Mm-hmm. These Kias, most of them are made right here in the southeast United States. Uh, with, with Kias, you're, again, they, they, you will be floored at the value. You will, I'm, I'm just telling you when you see the price point of a Kia to see how much vehicle that you can get into when you get into a brand-new Kia from Rusty Wallace Kia, Callahan Drive, incredible selection they have right now. They have some new electrics that just hit the lot. They have minivans. They have SUVs. Those Tellurides are absolutely gorgeous. The redesigned Sportage is magnificent. All right here with Jake Bull and his incredible staff at Rusty Wallace Kia. Uh, this past year, Will, 2023's or Kia – Man, do they bring home a lot of the hardware. Again, the best overall and best value awards, give this a listen. Seven different categories. Best minivan, the 2023 Kia Carnival right now. The best midsize car, the 2023 Kia K5. Two-row SUV, the 2023 Kia Soul. How about luxury cars under $75,000? The Kia Stinger right now. And Will West, who won the award for the best three-row SUV of the year 2023, the Kia Telluride. I mean, seven different categories. Kia, this machine has brought home championships. Will West, they don't like to brag about their trophies, but you don't have to really ask for them because they continue to be rewarded time in and time out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the staff here at Rusty Wallace Kia is fantastic. You're getting service done at Rusty Wallace Kia. I will say this, the selection of snacks, second to none. Second to none. I went with the peanut butter crackers today. Did you? There you go. We call it a TV body, Will. I'm still trying to work yeah, on yeah. my TV body. Yep. So we're going peanut butter crackers and, as you tell everybody, the colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah your colonoscopy up. water that I yeah, drink every single day. Uh, yeah, but you're, look, you're about 40 pounds down since you've been drinking the colonoscopy water, so maybe I need to. Uh, maybe it's holy water because I've been actually, there's been a lot of demons chasing me since Saturday night's performance <laughs> of the Gift Florida. Be gone with you. Yes. Be gone with you, Gator fans. All right, so so what's still on the table for Tennessee? Like, what does Depression. that loss? Okay. Uh, because we have people in our mentions on some of our social media posts, tons of new content that we posted the last few days at 991thesportsanimal.com, yeah. at uh, the Facebook page, Instagram page, Tyler and Will 991, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What? What's still – like people say, so, oh, six and six if we're lucky. Gosh, please Seven stop. and five. What, what is still on the table for Tennessee and what is still achievable after what we saw against Florida? How long have we known each other? Yeah. The one thing I cannot stand – 
I understand it's part of life. Not everything is peaches and cream. I get it. We're also New York fans when it comes to the football right, side of things right, right, right. and the hockey side of things. So we're used to down everything. The sky's always following, uh, falling, always fire everybody, never get your hopes up. I can't stand people who are so negative all the time. Yeah. Like negativity to me, I just, oh my gosh, if it's not static to me. My friends and people who I associate with on a daily basis that are always walking up to me going, it's over, the season's over, how do we lose to Florida, we can't do it. Just stop. It's okay to be frustrated. I get it. But to let it affect and kind of, let me just pause you real quick and say, you do realize that things are going to get better, right? Hendon Hooker had a post on his Facebook page to tell Tennessee fans, chill out, it's fine. Josh Dobbs, guys, they'll get better. To answer your question, Will, it's okay to be frustrated, but realistically, Will, this team season is not close to being over. Will, name one SEC team this year that Tennessee plays that you go, oh, they're going to get absolutely well, just that's destroyed. Right. Every, everybody else sucks, too. The whole conference is down this yeah, year. Well, not just that, but the specifically your swing games. Exactly. A&M, problematic. Kentucky barely beats uh, Eastern Kentucky, and Eastern Kentucky is going to lose to Austin P. Uh, they did. You had South Carolina's one and two right now. Missouri beat MTSU by four. Mm-hmm. I also I agree with Doc Punch on most of the things that we talked about when we asked Dr. Jerry Punch during the last hour. Um, is is this an issue of ability or is it intensity and focus? And he said, I think this is intensity and focus. He talked to some people calling the game on Saturday, right. and they told him the same thing. Tennessee got shook by the environment. Tennessee didn't want to hit nobody. And now you find yourself where you were just hit one word, and I'll spell it out, Ivans. S A W F T. And you got to get, and, and you can fix that. Now, the one thing that I did, so if you fix those things, you're going to beat South Carolina in two weeks if you fix those things. Look, I thought the game was going to play out exactly like the second half of the game did. I thought it'd be that way for four quarters. Right. And then Florida would have to make an adjustment because Tennessee would just be a little ahead of them. And Florida would have to make an adjustment. Tennessee would take advantage of that adjustment. Tennessee pull away. Mm-hmm. And and so I didn't. What, what I saw in the second half didn't bother me because that's what I thought the whole game was going to look like. The first half, though, that bothered me. Like, cause, and, and I do think that is you got a bunch of dudes. The thing that I said at the beginning of the season I was concerned about talking to these players is I can't tell if you're aware that it's your hard work that got you here, not your ability. And are you just going to roll? Do you think you yeah. can roll the headgear out there and you're just going to smoke people? Because not to be mean, but y'all are three stars and transfers and cast-offs. And, and so you should be the hungriest guys on the field every single time you, you step on the field. And they haven't been. Through three games, they haven't been. And Virginia was bad enough that you could just destroy them anyway. And I think Virginia's game plan also played in Tennessee's strengths. But there, Florida did a lot of things that Tennessee should have easily been able to bottle up. And they didn't. And, and then they fixed those things in the second half. So can you fix those things, and can you start for four quarters? Today, Tim Banks talked about that as, at his media availability. Is, look, we got to, it's starting earlier is one of the things. Tackling, one of the things that he talked about. But they, they get it. They, they understand what the issue is. My, my problem is, Ivan's when you saw it against Austin P and you went and had a players-only meeting, how did you walk out on the field like that against Florida thinking you're going to roll your headgear out there and get a win? And that Florida team I don't think is good. I don't. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're any better than they – I think they're a game better than I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, which probably makes them 6-6. Six and six. So, And that's, that's just because they part. beat Tennessee. They got manhandled by Utah. The next week, Utah got manhandled by, by Baylor. But you got to go out there and manhandle somebody if you're Tennessee, 
And and I don't know that they've had that dog in them, that Cobra Kai dojo in them this year. That's Will West. Tyler Ivins, you led me to the point that's really the most frustrating. If you want to talk about getting to the roots, the core of the issue, I know Tennessee's going to finish with a better record than Florida yeah. this year. And it's another, it's another situation where Tennessee went down to the swamp as the better team and couldn't leave with the win. 656-9900-1866-656-9900. So some of the issues that right now have kept Tennessee from a perfect 3-0 and start, can they be fixed? First, identifying, then trying to fix them. What are they? We'll tell you next from Rusty Wallace-Kia. 99.1, the sports animal. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Wu-Tang, this is Tyler and Will on 99.1, The Sports Animal. So identifying what needs to be fixed. First step in the right direction for Tennessee football. Now 2-1 and one in the season after the 13-point loss in the Swamp Saturday night. Tyler and Will, Rusty Wallace-Kias, where you can find us all the way up until 7 o'clock this evening. Look, I'm not burying the lead. Will, what needs to be fixed is the offensive line had massive, massive issues against Florida's defense on Saturday night. And, and partner, you beat me to it in hour one. I'm going to turn the script here. I don't know if it can be fixed now as we kick off halfway through hour number two of our program. Hey, look, let's, let's, let's reverse engineer. Tennessee Please. loses to Florida. Why did they lose to Florida? Composure, inability to handle the big spot. Right. That's fixable. Tackling, that's fixable. And that's one of the things where I think that uh, there, there was a guy that came after me for a reel I did on, our, uh, on the Instagram page. And he said, Tyler Ivins, you're a sheep. Because, of course, it was somebody that thought I was you. Because that's what happens to us. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can fix tackling. Like, you can. Like, look, look. sometimes you need a supplement, right? If, if your diet is not or your kid's diet's not getting enough nutrition in it, you give them a vitamin, right? You supplement. Right. If you're not getting enough protein, you drink a protein shake, you supplement. So, if Tennessee, like last year, Tennessee struggled in coverage. So you supplement by blitzing a lot, right? And trying to make sure that the quarterback does, is uncomfortable, doesn't have a lot of time. You, you make them have to move the pocket on you, things like that. Um, so tackling, you, you don't have to supplement tackling. You can tackle. By the fourth quarter, they were doing that. Even Kamal Haddon, everybody's killing Kamal Haddon right now. Made a real nice open field tackle once he got to the fourth quarter. He just didn't want any early on, right? I don't know if they were shook or they didn't want to hit nobody. I don't know. But he didn't early. He did late. But all the guys, it was a lot of it was the same stuff. 
You can fix that. You can fix uh, intensity. The one thing I don't know if you can fix. I did, Look, Cooper Bay is coming back. It's going to fix some things. I think up front uh, between guard, center, guard. Sure. I don't know if you can fix your tackles. Every, look, I, I have said this since Virginia, and I was out on an island, and it was good to hear from Pennington yesterday. Mike Stoll was right there with me. I thought the tackles didn't play particularly well against Virginia. I thought the tackles played really poorly against uh, Austin P. And I thought they get smoked all night long. They stayed getting smoked against Florida. And so, so I just looked at it, and, and I don't know how fixable that is. I'm, assu- I'm thinking there is a chance. I shouldn't say I'm assuming. I'm thinking there's a chance that since you took the oar off the name last week, there's something you're seeing with them. Either, either Mincy, there's some with Gerald Mincy, there are some behavioral issues you're trying to clean up. Um, or off the field stuff that's not the end of the world, but not great either. Um, or you're seeing something in practice that makes you think those tackles can get the job done. But a quarter of the way through the season, that's the one thing I don't know that it can get fixed. Cooper Mays coming back ain't making those tackles better. And the right tackle position, or or one of the, one of the tackles has been a liability for a couple of years for them, and they were able to work around it. But when both tackles become a liability, then you end up having problems. That's the thing that I that I don't know if it can get fixed is where you getting smoked will, by, by outside rushes all day long. What's more likely to improve this year for Tennessee football? The tackle position where they give Joe Milton additional time to be able to complete his passes or get his reads in, or Joe Milton becomes more of a elusive decision-making on the ground quarterback because guess what? I don't believe the tackles are getting any better, and I don't think Joe woke up this morning going, I should run the ball more. Yeah, I should be more elusive and get out of the pocket anytime They're, I feel pressure. Now, now, I will say this, though. It's like Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow's the other way. That guy's a video game running the football, right. but his instinct is run. Milton's instinct is stand in the pocket, and so you're going to have to, when you see man coverage, you're going to have to think, if I got a running lane, go. Part of that may be you designed run him, you designed run him whether he likes it or not. And, or it's what he wants to do or not. I, I told you that one of the big things that jumped out to me is, and, and I know everybody's caught up with this system, but you can force them by, by running this to add a sixth guy into the box at those, some of those times to open up maybe some of your passing game. Right. It, back in the day, Bryles would have ran the read option until you put another guy in the box. That's what would have happened. And, and, and so this offense coming a lot of it from Bryles, I, do, I don't understand why they didn't do that. And it was a great I, question you asked Josh Dobbs yesterday, just yeah. enough to make him think at How, any time I can go. Yeah, and we put that up the Tyler and Will Facebook page. If you didn't hear the interview we did with Josh Dobbs yesterday, we asked him, what, how often does a quarterback need to run to keep a defense honest? Because Dobbs ran thir- three times, averaged almost over 13 yards per carry against the Giants. But the Giants were terrified about him running for four quarters because he ran those three times. Mm-hmm. You just do enough to make them have to constantly always account for it. And Josh answers that question if you want to hear that interview. I'd like to see Joe run. But, it, but I'm going to be honest. I don't think he has to for you to be effective if you can block. So <clears throat> at what point in time, if you are Glenn Ellerby or Josh Heupel, because yesterday John Pennington said, what is your plan B if this doesn't work out? Yeah. Could the answer to that question, what is your plan B, be, okay, these are the best players that we have on the offensive line who will stand in front of the opposition. They're not really grab, pull, tug, whatever it may be. At what point in time do you sit down with Joe and watch the film and go, Joe, we got to get you to start moving more. Joe, we got to get you out of the pocket more. We got to get you to be more elusive. Or at what point in time, Will, do you say, 
look, we need you to start making decisions about being more elusive and getting out of the pocket. It was asked yesterday, Josh Heupel directly, not really directly answering the question, what is it about in your offense does quarterbacks need to be able to make plays with their feet? To which Josh said, I think every quarterback in a lot of plays and a lot of systems, you need quarterbacks that are going to be able. So in a roundabout way, yes. That's what made Hendon Hooker's offense in this offense last year, extending plays on third and long, so deadly every time he was well, our center. It also forced you to keep another guy in the box to account for the quarterback running. And and so and then the numbers game works out in Tennessee's favor when you can do that. Yeah. So great if you if you missed the great stats from Vince Ferrar, you can find it on our Twitter page, on our Facebook page, Instagram page, about how often Tennessee saw a five and six man box. If you but but think about this, right? So I remember when Avery was little and she was gonna do she did swim lessons. And she wanted to sit in the in the shallow end and figure out how to swim first. But she really wasn't getting it done. So finally, one of the other moms just looks over at Edison and says, can I just throw her in here? And just slung her into the deep end once she had the, the basics down. And that was the thing that got her to start swimming was just being slung in the deep end, and now she swims like a fish. So it, it I just believe with Joe Milton, in, in getting him used to running, you're just going to have to make him do it. And and then his instinct will be more to add that to the repertoire because I don't think instinctively he's just going to look at it and be like, man coverage, I'm out. Let me go get this seven yards and slide. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't I don't think that's what, what he is. He is a pocket quarterback that, but is also an elite athlete. And you don't usually see that because if a guy is a pocket quarterback, he's rarely an elite athlete, or you do see him run a lot. A guy that doesn't usually isn't comfortable running is usually not an elite. Tom Brady didn't ever run. Tom Brady was not an elite athlete, right? Joe Milton is an elite athlete, so I, I would force him to run until he got used to it. And then I think that maybe by the time you get to the one, it helps out your numbers game up front. Two, by the time you get to the middle of the season and you start playing these big boys in October, maybe by then it's just something that's instinctively in his repertoire. Over $5,000 on your Kelly Blue Book trade, Ed, when you come to Rusty Wallace, Kia, I-75, Callahan. We'll hear from Chad Campbell and Jake Poole coming up in a little more than an hour during No Huddle. Five burning questions on the way next. Tyler Will Afternoons on the Sports Animal. Well, we're calling our Tuesday home... Rusty Wallace, Kia Country, as Jake Bull has allowed us a chance to set up shop today up till 7 o'clock. Tyler and Will Afternoons. Before we get to five burning questions, Will, can I pass along a little bit of breaking news? Yeah. Um, there have been some rumblings this was going to occur, and now it has come to fruition. But um, UT Athletics Director Danny White has announced that Rick Barnes will be receiving a one-year contract extension after the team's run to New York last year that saw them beating Duke to get to the Sweet 16. With that, Rick Barnes' contract now runs through the 27-28 year, Will West, and the remaining five years of Barnes' contract, they're going to be worth $29.4 million with an average salary of $5.8 million. It's going to bump up to $6 million in the final two years Rick is 175 and 92 since he got to Knoxville in seven, yeah, about seven years done. ago. Yeah, yeah, so 27, 28. There you go. That's about right. Keeps, oh. keeps you recruiting where it needs to be. Yeah. Make sure he stays happy. Oh, you're, not, you're not paying through the nose. Right, so, okay, 69. Yeah. 
His contract ends in 28, so you can do the math. It's five yeah. years. Yeah. Rick Barnes, still the head basketball coach at the University of Tennessee when he turned 74. Five years? I don't know, but what it is, the biggest thing. No, I, mean, I know. Who what yeah. Who I want to know if he actually makes it to the. We, we have mentioned this before. There isn't a human being alive who has ever coached sports at a high level that made it past 74 as a quality coach. So that's the one thing that or, – or at maintaining the same level. Sure. No one's ever done that. Now, people are living longer. People are in better shape. We know – like Rick Barnes does not look like a guy who's 69 years old. It's one of the things I said about Saban. Saban doesn't look like a guy who's 70 years old. So we'll see if this generation's the first one that can do it. But there are dudes that, like, it falls off a cliff. Tom Coughlin was a guy that – it fell off a cliff. Tom Coughlin was a Super Bowl-level coach, and all of a sudden he was not immediately – so, it, so no, it's so funny. The bottom say falls that. off. I mean, like it's just like falling off a table. So we'll we'll see where it goes with him. But this is the right thing to do, and for him, for but you got to be comfortable at least four years. The Rick Barnes is still going to be able to coach. Coach K couldn't do it. It's just, yeah. you, but for four years, yeah, another entire recruiting I, cycle. Absolutely, you do that. I chuckle a little bit because I've got a buddy whose wife who's like. Y'all can keep Tony Vitello, ladies. Rick Barnes, swoon. Yeah. And I was like, he doesn't look like he's 69, does he? And she's yeah. just like, I love me some Coach Barnes. All right, so one of the no for you, Market Square Madness is going to return on October 12th. That's not that far away, October yeah. 12th. It's going to start at 7 p.m. Or the program set up again at 7 p.m., starting at 6.30. You can mingle, take photos with Smokey, members of the Tennessee Spirit Squads, face painting station. It's just a, if you've never done it, DJ Sterling Pearl is going to be there. We got it's it's a really really cool event where they kind of take midnight madness, but it's during the day, and they do it on Market Square. Vols and Lady Vols players are going to be there doing skills competitions and drills and things like that. Absolutely, uh, you know, a great opportunity for you to be able to take your kids to see the Vols and Lady Vols basketball teams. That's October twelfth at Market Square, Thursday night. Yeah. Good chance to get out there. Let's go. Kind of kick it up, do your thing. So you know, here's what here's what always happens when something like that happens right at seven o'clock. Ivan's and I should show up with our wives half an hour late. That's what's going to happen. Happens every time. Yeah. Happens every time. 435. Hey, Riley, how about building off yesterday's win with a little five burning questions here from Russell Wall? Ski up. It is Super Producer Riley Thomas. What do you got, bud? Afternoon, gentlemen. What's the number one issue that can be fixed for Vol football after the Florida loss? Well, what can be fixed is better tackling, in my opinion. I think what you're going to do if you're Tennessee right now, and you'll hear from Tim Banks coming up before we get to no huddle, is that to figure out the why. What exactly is it that they see that can make Tennessee a better tackling team where shoulder shrugs and a lot of the bumps and goes, that can be improved. I think Tennessee's tackling will improve this year, and it's going to start with Tim Banks sitting down and watching the film with his players. Yeah, look, I think intensity is also something that can be fixed. I know that it's not what Tim Banks said. He said literally the opposite of that today when they talked about fixing tackling uh and the day that laid you down and made you do oklahoma drills for two hours yeah <laughs> that's what you'd have done you did on oklahoma drills a couple of guys that got in concussions you know what i mean like uh <laughs> things happen you know what i mean Jeez, it was, like, it was back the 90s. in my day it was the 90s we didn't care you know nobody knew anything uh but but they you can fix the intensity and it's you make them hit each other until they get sick of hitting each other and they want to hit somebody else that's the thing that you do is where hitting is what we do is hitting, and everything else is just optional. Are people overreacting to the loss against the Gators? Yeah, I think so. I, th- this isn't a referendum outside of maybe a referendum on mindset. 
this that's the only referendum I see for Tennessee. Tackles, maybe so. We'll see. We still need to see a larger sample size with tackles. This isn't a six and six football team if they don't if they don't fix these things. They are. It's a good coaching staff getting paid a lot of money. They're going to fix a good portion of it at least. Yes, they are. Are they overreacting to the loss to Florida? No, no, they're not. Tennessee had no business losing to the Florida Gators. Zero. There will never be another circumstance where Tennessee with that team, those that many better players on a roster compared to where Florida's at right now with their roster that they'll be able to beat at their house. Now, the overreaction of the season's over and letting it boil over and flip things out, no, 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 no. That's where I, yeah, yeah, you guys are losing your, your, your freaking minds over no business, all right? It was a loss. It shouldn't have happened. Move on. Tennessee will get better from this. The loss to Florida, unacceptable. That's fine. But the whole season being over through three, that's ridiculous, and that's the overreaction. Which NFL team impressed you the most this week? Dallas Cowboys, plain and simple. Not only does Dak Prescott make this up-tempo offense that Mike McCarthy is running, but they have two, maybe three players defensively that makes things difficult for a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League. Who does Dallas play this week? Oh, that's right, Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals. Dobbs is my boy. Dobbs is my brother. That's a tough three-game stretch to open up. Uh, you should see what they've got after Dallas. Yeah. This is a stretch that's just difficult all the way around, but it's the Cowboys out of the game. Yeah, look, the, the Cowboys are the team that's the most impressive, I think, so far. So a team that I want to shout out because I thought they were going to be abject trash, and they, they're they surprisingly 2-0 for the first time in a decade, the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are they're, they're being creative with how they use Taysom Hill Tony Jones. Derek Carr is a good, not a great quarterback. It's been, it's a solid defense that's been a solid defense for a while. But the New Orleans Saints with their best start in 10 years, that's pretty darn impressive. Which college football team was most impressive this past week? All right, so look, they're, they're not world beaters. They're not winning anything of consequence. But there were a few people out there that said, this is going to be a 7-5 and five season for Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri. That's a nice win against K-State. That's a good K-State team that they just beat. So I, I'm going to say Missouri because you finally got one of those wins like that if you're Eli Drinkwitz against a really good team. And it shows me that Missouri's somewhat for real this year. Washington going into East Lansing and absolutely just taking milkshakes and throwing them everywhere. Washington right now, not only are they a real threat to win the Pac-12, but Michael Penix is a real threat to beating up Caleb Williams and taking the Heisman Trophy away from him. They're not slowing down anytime soon. Think about it. And we'll discuss this coming up in the program. There are 39 undefeated teams left in college football. Who right now looks better than the Washington Huskies? Go ahead, I'll wait. Scale them to board in that program in Seattle, Washington. Last one, gentlemen. Which team in college football was most disappointing? University of Tennessee. You had no business losing to the Florida Gators. You had no business losing at a head-to-head matchup, whether the showdown was... Josh Eipel versus Billy Napier, whether it was Grant Mertz versus Joe Milton, offense versus defense, it was the University of Tennessee. They have no business. I don't care if they played at the YMCA. I dare somebody to give me voodoo tactics in Gainesville, Florida. The Vols, that was embarrassing. Clean it up. Let's not see it again. Look, that's a bad loss. Florida has players. And and don't get me wrong, Tennessee still should have won that football game. The answer is Alabama. Until 33 seconds left in the game, that was a 10-3 to game for Alabama against USF. So you, you end up changing quarterbacks. And honestly, Alex Golish left at least nine points on the board. And, and look, Alabama still wins that game, but it's a lot closer. And if he wasn't doing the we're going to go for it on fourth down from the 23-yard line stuff, then, it, then, then thinking you're going to get it, 
then that that's a really, really close game. You're Bama. That's USF. They're in the first year installing a new system with a quarterback that can't throw yet, and you struggled, and you had to throw in a late score to even make it a two-score game. It's been a minute since I've won back-to-back five burning questions. I appreciate it, Riley. Yeah, good luck. I, I feel like we say this a lot, gentlemen, that Tennessee, there's no better chance to beat Florida in Gainesville, or just overall in general. This also is up there, if not probably first in that reasoning. Y'all didn't watch Alabama, did you? It's on the DVR. I don't have to watch it. <laughs> you know, if it's on Thank the you, DVR, Ryan. you do still have to watch it. I love you guys, but you, but neither one of you know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> well, now you're pulling the Ivan's card, aren't you, Will? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're evil or bad or screwing me over. I'm saying, oh, you guys don't know things, so that's okay. I literally busted you up on every single question. No, you, you, you got you, you got me on the Cowboys because you got the first job on oh. that. Oh. That's uh, Washington. Washington is the best team. They have played the best football of anybody in college football so far this Name year. Name a better undefeated they, team right they, now Washington. They absolutely have. They start a game wanting to kill you. They finish a game wanting to kill you. They want to embarrass you. They want to humiliate you. They're just out for blood. It's Temple of Doom. That's what Washington's doing right now in Penix. Again, all those years, people, man, we could have had – we could have had uh, – uh, Bryce Petty. We could have had, you know what I mean. We could have had Taj Boyd. Michael Penix is an exponentially better football player than they are, and he wanted to come to Tennessee, and he literally cried when Tennessee told him to go away. Riley Thomas, who makes this possible each and every time that we do five burning questions. Five burning questions is powered by Harper Acura. Acura lease a new RDX for as low as four hundred and thirty nine dollars per month, and check out the all new all electric ZDX at Harper Acura, the auto home for drivers in the Knoxville area. All right, Tyler and Will, so much for us to get into, including wait for it. We have got to get to no huddle at the top of the hour. Yeah, it's going to be an important draft today as we bring Chad and Jake into the fold. But on top of all things, how about that National Football League? Because here I am boo-hooing about Aaron Rodgers a week ago on Monday Night Football. And Will West turns to me and goes, Ivan, you do realize the Cleveland Browns are the most cursed team in the National Football League. And then Nick Chubb stepped on the field last night yeah, at Accusure yeah, yeah, Stadium. And yeah. I went, maybe Will West is on <laughs> Tyler and Will. NFL, the recap through two weeks. 99.1, you're listening to the Sports Animal. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents. We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.
Join us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline at 865-656-9900. Now back to Tyler and Will on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Are you surprised when we talked about the impressive 39 undefeated teams that I brought up, Washington and not a team like, you know what, I need to give credit where credit is due. Colorado coming back and beating Colorado State at Folsom Field on Saturday night. Maybe you guys didn't turn your televisions off after the Vols Florida game was over, but Will West, I watched every single snap with the double overtime. That game got over a little after 2.20 in the morning. I didn't do anything except watch every snap of Tennessee, Florida, and watch every snap of Colorado, Colorado State, and sat in my filth for over eight hours. <laughs> so just just scrolling on X, honestly, we were going to talk about the NFL, and that's what we planned to do is, hey, let's get you caught up what happened on the NFL over the weekend. Right. You know what I love? I love coming home, There's like, and I'm already a quarter into Monday Night Football. That's the way it should be. Yep. But uh, And then I see this from Richard Dyche of The Athletic. Top five markets for Colorado State, Colorado. ESPN just in the last half hour released the ratings for, and they did every college football game. Yep. Number one rated college football game was Colorado, Colorado State. Over 9.3 million people watched Colorado, Colorado State, which kicked off at what time? 10.27. Good gosh. Got over at 2.25. Number one market was Denver. No one shocked on that. Number two, Birmingham. Hmm. Number three is Knoxville. A 10 share. I'm sorry. A 10. 10. The the Rams and Buffs pulled a 10? Yeah, a 10. In Knoxville, Tennessee. That's right. If you want to go Varsity Blues, it's a a bleeping 10. Miss Davis, you're going to prompt me. Uh, (laughs) I I just, Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. At 1030 at night. Now, it's after the Florida game and everybody was just, you know, internet mad about everything that happened. But so I get it. So no way nobody getting any sleep after the end of that Florida game. But By the way, it, it could not have started any better for anybody who wanted to stay on that game. Oh yeah, right out of the gate at the end of the first quarter, fourteen fourteen. It was pow 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 pow. It was like, where are all these points coming from? The fact that Colorado State was going punch for punch in the first quarter with Colorado made people go, "All right, I'm not flipping this channel." Yeah, yeah. That's the especially after Jay Norvell calls his shot, running his mouth, cutting promos. Like, thank he's, you for not wearing a hat and glasses today. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's a uh, LA Knight out there, and then and then Coach yeah. Prime comes back the other way. You gonna make it personal. The Rock is there, leading him out onto the field. Lil Wayne is rapping as they step onto the field. So that is a that is a recipe for eyeballs. I just don't know that I expected to see Knoxville, Tennessee, as the number three market with a ten share for Colorado, Colorado State at ten thirty at night locally. How much of that was they didn't want to flip the channel? How much of it was pro Dion? How much of it was hate Dion? I mean, I'm just there's some people who hate watch things. Like, I, think I lot, hate watch a lot of things. I think there are people this weekend who are going to hate watch Colorado. Yeah. There are six top 25 showdowns this weekend in college football. Yeah. And one of them <laughs> is Colorado going to Eugene, and I think people are going to hate watch the Ducks and the Buffs. Yeah, Chad says, pretty sure that just means a lot of people left their TV on on and disappointed what they just witnessed. Josh says, I couldn't sleep after a loss. Had to tell VolQuest on three who needs to be fired. The answer was everybody. Charles says, we needed a distraction after a rough night in Gainesville. That well, was a good distraction. So, so what is it? What is it about Dion? What is it about Coach Prime? And don't get me wrong, McAfee, The Rock, Lil Wayne, all that stuff is, is something. But you got to have some stake too, right? And they got players, they, especially skill position players. The big shock for Colorado has been they can block. I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Hmm. Um, their, their scheme is a lot of fun. They, they do that, that air raid mesh verts on the outside, mesh in the middle, and then they run out of it a lot. 
And, By the way, that and I'm should, a huge fan of that. That should have been one of the bigger stories in college football that didn't get brought up this year. You know where the offense, who they hired as their coordinator, right? The head coach at Kent State, right? Sean Lewis. Mm-hmm. Sean Lewis was running that offense. Remember in November they go to the midweek MAC games? Mm-hmm. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, hey, Ivans, let's get Ryan with Ivans stupid dirty with Kent State, Ohio games. And again, if you're ever listening to Ryan with Ivans and it's a game that you're like, why would you pick that one? Ivans is about to dunk all over that one. The nastier the matchup, the better for him. So how often do you see a guy who's already got one of the 33 FBS head coaching jobs Ring, ring. Hey, what's up? It's Coach Prime. Sean, do you want to leave Kent State and be my new offensive coordinator? At Colorado, yeah, a place where – step down. Yeah. And now his offense, everyone's like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Sean Lewis looks like a genius right now for leaving Ohio for Colorado. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because he, he probably couldn't have gotten – like maybe he moves up to a Michigan State this year. Maybe. Probably not. I bet Kim going to Colorado running or, this offense, that phone's going to ring yes, a whole lot it more in January. Is. It absolutely is. So, it's. I, I will say that – I am surprised to see it be dyed-in-the-wool college football towns that are watching Dion. I thought it would be new, new viewers. I thought Dion mm. would get people who aren't college football fans because there are millions upon millions of people in the United States that are big NFL fans that really don't care about college football whatsoever. But the number one market's Denver, local market, I get it. The number two market's Birmingham, hardcore college football. The number three market's Knoxville, hardcore college football. I am floored to see those numbers in Knoxville, Tennessee, that people are that in on Coach Prime. Tyler, Will, no huddles next. 99.1, the Esports Animals. We continue from Rusty Wallace, Kia. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.